0: The common denominator to things not being icky is when there is a need, it's always okay to propose something. Where the ick comes in is when there's no need, and then out of the blue, we're proposing something without a basis on the need of that thing. Hello, hello, fam. This is May, your host for The Scale on Social's podcast, the show where we help each other create a life by design. One that you love waking up to, a life with freedom, confidence, and ease. We always keep it real here with topics on all things social media, entrepreneurship, mindset, and the journey to unleashing the best version of you. I cannot wait for you to dive in. Let's go! Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Scale on Socials podcast fam. Today, we are going in with an OBS discussion on how to bring cash into your business and how to make money online and how to get more clients. Now, a lot of us, many of us who are in the starting phase of our business, who are in the growing phase of our business, our attention are not on the right things. We are busy, we make content, we do a lot of things online, but we do not pay attention on the things that actually bring in the cash Now, in order for a business to survive, in order for us to pay our people, in order for us to grow our team, to pay ourselves, to make a full-time living, to make a full-time income, it is crucial that our attention is on the things that actually bring in the money. Because if we are busy, but we're not bringing in the money, we don't have a system to bring in clients. We don't have a system to talk to potential clients. It is not going to be long till the business do not have any more fuel to run. Right. So this episode is taken from a masterclass, a session, a training that I did for my members inside the OBS program. The OBS program is one that is practically teaching you how to make more money online to create a system for marketing and sales so that you're not guessing your next moves. We eliminate everything that does not make us make money, build a personal brand, create a profitable income online, and we focus on the things that does. So if you love this, please do not forget to share it on Instagram, tag me, let me know your takeaway, let me know your question. My inbox is open for you. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you execute what you learn from this and I will see you inside. There we go. Welcome. I want to start the introduction to our direct outreach, the lifeblood of the business. The thing that goes on in the back end, whether or not you're showing up on the front end. Showing up is not always in the front end. It's not always series of content being the most active a lot of the showing up we do is showing up smartly and showing up for the money-making activities to make sure that your business has the fuel that it needs to run and that is cash and we get cash through our direct outreach or lead generation strategies direct outreach cold messaging reaching out to potential clients is not the only way However, we have to be very honest on where we are at in the business. What are our goals and what are our timelines? To say, for example, you'd come to me and you say, you know, I'm doing this right now. I have a full-time job or I have another source of income and I can have the next six months to just figure things out. There's no rush. I'm willing to play the long game. Totally. You can tell me, okay, I don't want to do direct outreach. I'm like, cool, let's do content marketing, which takes a bit more time and you have that time. But if you're coming in and telling me, okay, mate, My desire is to get my business up and running as soon as possible. I want my systems in place. I want money-making activities in place. Then this is what we're going to do. So it depends on the goal. It depends on your timeline, on your availability, on the speed that you want things to happen, that we decide your strategy. You have to choose which one. And that depends on the goal. A few things that need to be in place When we're doing the lead generation or one, you have nailed your niche. Do you know exactly who you're targeting? Number two, offer. I want you to rate from one to 10, 10 being the highest. How confident are you with your offer right now? How confident are you with your pricing? How fitting is it or how appropriate is it for the service that you give and for the market price? If there are hesitations, of course, you might go into a seven, into a six. If you're feeling like this is so competitive, give me what you feel is appropriate we're going to go through a few questions now that determine how ready we are to go into the market and present this. And it will help us determine as well the potential gaps that we might encounter later on. So when we're going in, either with a new offer or refined offer, we always need to back it up, right? We have results. My next question would be, how backed up is your offer? Meaning, do we have previous reviews, results? Um, Because if you're giving me a 9 or 10, it must be because you've been backed up by your experience. How articulate can we be in communicating this experience that we have? Reviews, password, portfolio, how backed up is it? How solid is it that when they look at your offer, they see, oh, this person has been doing the thing. As we're going to be doing the direct outreach, There are three ways. One, it's either we do a passion project when we have not validated our offer yet. Two, we do a beta offer when we have increased our price or we have created a new offer that we want to validate it, but we don't want to do it for free because you know you have the skill, you know you can deliver as you guys have told me, but you want to validate it even more before getting it to full price. Usually I do this when I have a new or Refined offer because I use it as my own case study, but it is a paid case study. Like they paid me, they get the full service, but I literally use that as a case study to show to future clients who will be paying full amount later on. So I know people who have gone from $500 into $1,500 into $2,000, $2,500. Your investment is giving the full amount of, of the service for half the price. If you have the purpose of validating it even more, we can go with a beta price. A beta can be 50%. So we have the free passion project, we have the beta, and then we have the full price. Sometimes when people have the same offer and they want to increase it, it helps them charge higher without doing the full job. This is when they still do a beta pricing for one or two clients and then go with the the full amount. I would love for you to choose what you're going to be doing and offering for this 30 days. Is it passion project? Is it beta? Or is it full price? So that's core question number one. And I want you to set it for yourself. How many beta clients do I want to sign before I go full price? Okay, I tried three. I tried two before on different offers. So I want you to decide how many you need. Number two... You have done your expertise work. You have done your niche work. Likely, you now have an idea where to get the clients, where they hang out, right? So for question number two is, which platform are you going to be utilizing the most to get your leads and do the direct outreach? So we have Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, we even have TikTok. We have YouTube. You can even go Upwork. Eloisa says LinkedIn. Eloisa, one thing as well that I could just think is if you're already serving clients right now literally either upsell them if they're not paying that much yet or ask them because we've done this before and we got really really good response we're like hey we're launching a new offer still in the line of this in your case podcast wondering if you know any other medical practitioner like you who could use help in podcasts just like that little thing again These are the strategies that you don't necessarily post online. These are things you do in the back end that generate results. So I like to do those things. I like to start with people who already trust me. Number three. Okay, I'm so excited. Number three, have you guys nailed your outreach message yet? Or is it something that you're yet to create? I want you to always trust your intuition and not just go script to script, you know, because bots can do that. But the good thing about us is that we can get a feel of what's working and not. We need to create your outreach message. It has to be ready before we do the the outreach. And then we'll take note of that. In the lines of outreach message, there are times when we send a bulky message. And there has been times when that worked a lot for us. Okay, But I want you to take a look at the past conversations that you've had whether with a mentor, with a friend, with a new person that you're getting connected to, or when you were in a party or a get-together, or I don't know, a family gathering where any situation where you've had to have conversations with people. A lot of times the conversation is not just transactional, right? We open the conversation first. There has to be like a common ground that you meet, okay, oh, hey, are you also part of this community Oh, how long have you been part of this community and then the response and then transaction happens later on so this is one way another way is we just send that long message to say hey this is me this is what i offer i know you're a busy person so if this is something of interest would love to hear from you if this is not of interest i definitely understand just let me know or sometimes people just don't even let you know so this is conversational, where you just send a message to open the conversation, conversational method of direct outreach. And then there is transactional, where you literally say, this is me, this is what I do. If this is of interest, give me a response. And the reason that I'm bringing this up is you have to use your own discretion as you do this. Okay. I suggest trying out both because you will know. So there are times when I'm very transactional especially when i know that the people that i'm looking for or targeting are very busy like they don't have time to chat you know it's just if this is useful for them they'll respond if this is not useful they won't respond or they'll say no transactional and this is when i know that they're not online to chat any conversation and then there are times when you ask a prompt question and then it blossoms into a conversation. The only thing I have with that is so many people, and this is my personal opinion, definitely welcome to share yours. So many people have used the conversational method and it has become so inauthentic. Does that make sense? When someone is trying to open up a conversation because they're going to divert you into a business conversation, sometimes I just feel like you should have just told me you know, that you're a VA and if I'm open to an opportunity for work. Because it's frustrating for a business owner to seemingly have people interested on something or interested on my hair or my tan skin or whatever it is. And then after two messages, it shifts into the business. Like, it feels inauthentic. It feels unnatural. It breaks my trust (laughs) for people. Because there are people who literally say, ah, this is such an amazing sunrise. I love it. I'm like, yeah. And then I'll respond. And I'm like, yeah, I'm so ecstatic. And then suddenly, the next message is like, okay, let's work together. So this is the reason why, personally, I do transactional emails. And I would usually say, you know, hey, I saw you on Upwork. I saw that you posted something. My team has multiple video editors that can support you with this. I would love to offer editing a free video for you. Is this of interest? If you like it, move forward. If you don't like it, no hard feelings. I'm transactional like that because I'm going with business owners. And then in my coaching, I don't have pressure in getting people to sign up with me. Like I don't have targets, right? So when someone jives with my content, they feel aligned with me and my family and my and my nature post. They feel like we're aligned. And then that's when we start the conversation. So these two with different targets and different markets have different approaches. And this is why I want you to use your personal discretion. I think the whole... Pretending to be interested in something is what turns me off because it's not needed and it's inauthentic. And it's like I'm saying good things about you because I want to turn it into a business conversation. The perfect formula, it's so beautiful when you've known each other and you've been genuinely interested in that person's thing. And then the need comes up in the future. So so what happens is that sometimes I'm connected with people and then they follow me, I follow them. And this is just Instagram anyway. And then one of the days they would be like, I'm building my coaching business or I'm building a course or, hey, I'm looking for a VA. And then I would chime in. And the common denominator to things not being icky is when there is a need, it's always okay to propose something. Hey, hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I know that many of you who listen to the Scale on Socials podcast are also entrepreneurs. So I recorded a free masterclass where I explained step-by-step how I sign premium clients for my social media agency month after month. The same strategies and systems, you guys, helped me make a full-time income as a business owner and have more time to travel around the world and be with my family. That's the best thing about it. I will leave the link in the show notes so you can watch it for free. Now back to the episode. Where the ick comes in is when there's no need and then out of the blue we're proposing something without a basis on the need of that thing. So let's say for example on Instagram you've seen the person's profile you saw that if you're a social media manager for example you saw that the person's profile is not really optimized and they're not Putting out enough educational content is not working. You see the need. There is a gap in there. You can help. So it's definitely okay to propose. What's happening is that so many other people would be just like, okay, I have a list here. Coach, coach, coach. Search first 20 people. And then just send the same exact message, right? So that's when it becomes not good. But I'm a full believer in authenticity, in being very aware of finding the gap, and then using that opportunity to provide potential support. And this is when we message them. I'm definitely not up for copy-paste without taking three seconds to look at their profile or or find out about, are they already making a course? Are they still not making a course? Do they have a website, not have a website? Like asking questions that are obvious. Like Some people ask me, how long have you been in the coaching industry? And I think about that. And I don't know what's the relevance to that. And so I'm thinking, where is the basis? Where is this question coming from? Like, tell me about your story. Like, if you go to my highlights, you can see my stories. Like, these things that don't need to be asked are being asked out of nowhere just to start a conversation, not the vibe, because you know we're human to human, business owner to another. And if we're doing transactional messages, take a few seconds to take a look at the, the profile, or if they have a website or not. If you're not sure, then ask. But yeah, just a little bit of an effort to make it. Authentic and proper gives us a good name, this direct outreach strategy. What I found is that the more thoughtful you are, the more sincere you are, the more you see these businesses as people, not as numbers, the better the response will be. It's just that I found the cold emails that I've sent with much thought always work better because the other person on the other end is also a human who knows that you've done your research. Who knows that you've put thought into this? You've not just copy-pasted. If I open my message request folder right now, I promise you there's about six people with the same intro. And that is no good. Ana says, I prefer the direct method, but the messaging about cold messaging made me have doubts. Okay, I love that. Let's talk about that. Because again, the execution of the world, especially now that the gates are open and everyone is a sales specialist, you know, name it. It gave the term not the best meaning, like lead generation and cold messaging. It was used not in the proper way. And that's why it gave it a bad name. And that's why I want to clear that up as well with us. I call mine direct outreach because I know cold messaging has a very bad definition in the market nowadays. And then when you see that it's a bad thing, many people regard us, you step back because you don't want to be a bad person. You don't want to be one of those who make icky methods, right? So when I call the strategies direct outreach, it, it literally almost has the same meaning with cold messaging, but I strategically named my strategies. I want to explore that. I want to tell you about my boyfriend's company. I always use this as an example because I know them from six years ago when they were an employee of few. And pandemic came and they grew 10 times. They established e-commerce. They went through outside of UAE. They went to Bahrain, Kuwait, Saudi. Like growth, massive. And my boyfriend is in the sales team, right? And I've seen how they do sales and how they grew from that and then i've also seen other companies here who have the same approach so i'm like the good old sales methods some of them evolve but they're still the same core methods so when we're walking out in the mall and then we see a opening soon blah 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 italian restaurant we would always always stop he would take a, a photo he would type in the address and that is that is one of his leads and then On the next hour or the closest hour when he's working, he would send them a message. That is a cold message, isn't it? Right. But if you think about it, there's literally no way for that company to be seen as for my boyfriend's company to be seen as quick as possible as to be a supplier of that going to be newly opened restaurant without reaching out to them. And so if I think about that, I'm like, that and so many other companies are implementing it. And it is happening everywhere. It's just not being talked about as much. So there are negative executions and there are executions that are absolutely stunning. And if we look at the stunning executions, it always still has great results. So what I'm saying is that we've all been traumatized by direct message and cold messaging because it was not utilized properly. But from personal experience, We always just keep strategies that are working for us. And direct outreach has been the top one. You might not be at the best space to create content because you're a course creator, not a content creator. Or you are a website designer. You are not like a content creator. So you have different expertise here as a podcast specialist. Creating Instagram content might not be your best forte. So there are things that you're specialized at there are things in the business that you're not specialized in so if content is not something that you specialize in you have to find a way to still get the client without content being your number one way and there's no other way other than you being referred to or you letting the person know that you exist and the help exists and you letting the person know that you exist and the help exists is also called messaging is also a cold approach so here's what you have to understand Almost everything is a cold approach, especially when there's no interaction prior. But when a cold approach hits the right target, it easily turns into warm and hot relationship because of the one denominator, the need. When there's a need, it's always okay to provide a solution. When a person is thirsty, we always give water, right? So when there's a need, there's always space for the solution. The cold approach is still amazing when you're coming in with a solution. You're not coming in to take. This is what gave it all the bad name. When people are reaching out to take the money first, instead of providing the solution first. And then the money is the exchange. So outreach message, you decide if you want the transactional or you want the conversational. Transactional, faster, clearer, we're wasting nobody's time. Research, sincerity, customize it a little bit instead of copy pasting. Conversational, proper expectation. It does work. It still works. Might take a little bit of a time. Make sure conversational, you're doing it in a way that is not tell me your story. Why did you enter the online world? Nope. Conversations is just we find a common ground and then the trust develops and you see an opportunity to bring in the service. Some people are more comfortable with sending a cold message if they are connected before or there was a relationship before. Totally cool. But I just want you to see more long-term and see where this could be a bottleneck in the business. Okay. So I have one particular person, very good in cold messaging. However, the thing is, she always has it in the back of her mind that it's not nice to message a person if they haven't had a conversation prior. So this is a holdback. So what was happening? She couldn't delegate to her people the lead generation because she just thinks it's bad. She couldn't send a message to a person unless the message is a compliment or the message is, I don't know, something other than selling. So later on, what does that do in a business? It becomes a bottleneck. So you have to dissolve this idea of you have to before this happens, you have to before this happens. And sometimes the quickest way to that is to just try it. So again, decide test, and you'll find what works for you. Both works. Okay. Most people who need a done for you service, you do it for them. The reason primarily is because they don't have time. So think if they still have time with conversation. Okay. So you decide based on your niche. Okay. So these are just things to have in mind. I just wanted to ask because this is not going to be the first time I
1: will be doing a direct outreach. Mm-hmm. Um I stopped for a little while. The reason is for the past runs that I did this direct outreach is I am the being the one who is being pitched to you know <laughs> that the call is being um that's why I really like the turkey and then the MRRs because right off the bat you were saying your intention but during the you know the outreach that I did um, prior what always happened is I ended up being the one who's being pitched to like I am being the one who offered for uh, business coaching yeah. or, or <laughs> instead of that so I ended up you know I don't know how to react uh, I don't yeah. know if I have to
0: So I don't know. uh, How do you deal with those incentives? Oh my gosh. Thank you for bringing that up. I probably went nuts before. I'm like, why are they offering business coaching? Is it because my strategies are not working? Am I not doing well? And then a lot of people will use your strategy against you and say that, oh, this is not a good strategy. You better get a business coach to give you a better strategy than a direct outreach. I'm like, man. And now that I look at it years after, I'm like, wow. People will do anything to pitch, right? But the expectation, 50% of the people this is an average that you reach out to will not buy from you. It's just that. Like 50% most likely won't buy from you. It, it's just a general statistics. 15% are going to buy from you, right? These are your buyers. So out of 100%, 15% will buy. 35% on average, they will buy later. These are your future buyers. So when people pitch to you, if it's not 100%, then they're part of your 50. So to me, the way I responded before when I was less mature in business is that I panicked <laughs> and started questioning myself and started asking, am I am I doing not good? Like, am I failing? Is this not great? But what you'll find is that with numbers and with a perspective of experimenting, you will see it more objectively. So you start to detach yourself from the whole process, first of all. But when you start testing, it's like, if we haven't done 100, we don't have enough data to even see the results. If we have done less than 100 and we're seeing people pitch to you and then some people don't respond, I would say that let the data and let the number tell you how it is. And then, of course, in between on that, you'd also be tweaking and you'd also be starting to see, am I reaching the right people? Are they at a level where they also pitch to others? Are they at a level where they are still starters and they need clients as well? Because we all need clients, but there definitely have been people who pitched to me and there are also people who just refuse. And there are also people who, from one business owner to another, were interested because i found them at the time where they actually needed it or they didn't need it now but they need it in the future and the option was there so if you're still receive if you're receiving it and if it's coming from the past experience i would say if you think it's worth because i definitely think it is let's give it another shot be very specific with the people you're reaching out to and give yourself enough subjects for you to conclude the test right so if you, you're setting a target to reach out to 100, which is I don't know how many days that would take us, 10 days. Then you can evaluate out of 100 how many actually pitched, how many actually rejected, how many actually started to get into the conversation. So let's let the data speak for the strategy. I would say that would be the best way to go for now. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm interested if they still pitch after this. That's weird. But I wouldn't say it's unusual because I've definitely had that too. But I I think it's worth a shot. Let's give it a try. And one thing as well, think about, is there any common denominator for people who started pitching? Is there a space for improvement on the current outreach message you have? So just those little things. That's what I have for you today, fam. If you love this episode, it would really help us if you leave us a rating or share a screenshot and tag me with your takeaways on Instagram. My Instagram is at Make It Happen. And before I go, I want to say how much I appreciate you. Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode and always supporting the Scale on Socials podcast. If you think someone needs to hear this today, my love, feel free to hit share. May we all live our best lives and I will see you next time.